0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show sponsored by 888 Sport. This is the Ladbrokes Christmas Festival preview from Kempton.
1: Wrapping's done, Christmas shopping's done, uh, unusually uh, organised for once.
0: Stay tuned to hear 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Garrity's thoughts on the weekend's action including his old friend, Epitont, who goes in the Christmas hurdle. She is very good in her day. She's obviously had a few little problems. You know, you could find faults in Newcastle and say she should have gone and won. It's a titanic clash in the quarto star. Novices Chase between Brave Man's game and a hoi Senor, but Ed Quigley thinks he's got it solved.
1: I- I'm definitely in the camp here. I think he'll win it, and I think he'll stamp his authority.
0: And a strong e way fancy for Andy Holding in the big one, the King George.
2: Yeah, he's, he's the one I want to get with the prize from an e perspective. I can't see him not running well.
0: Recording this a little bit earlier than we normally do, it is uh, just after midday on Thursday the 23rd, so three days before racing, but crucially two days before Christmas. I'm coming to you from the upstairs room at my in-laws and someone else coming live from his in-laws as well, although quite a similar backdrop you've got, Ed, (laughs) uh, is Ed Quigley. Ed, how the? I mean, it's a very jazzy shirt you're wearing for for the pod listeners, make sure you check out Ed's reindeer shirt on YouTube, but um, how have the Christmas festivities started for you?
1: Yeah, wrapping's done, Christmas shopping's done, uh, unusually uh, organised for once, actually, George, yeah, it's, uh, but no, yeah, Christmas properly starts on the 26th, doesn't it, really, uh, an absolute <laughs> unbelievable amount of action, uh, almost too much, for one of a better phrase, but yeah, it is brilliant, isn't it, really excited about uh, Christmas and the racing, and um, yeah, looking forward to previewing a lot of it in this show.
0: Andy, there's no one I would trust more to um, weave their through, weave their way through a 25-30 runner handicap. But I'd like to know how you manage all of the racing on the 26th of December, sitting there at your desk. How do you manage to stay on top of it all? And uh, I imagine um, the the amount of of bets, given your ability to find value in any case, uh, it must be quite a lively day in the in the holding household.
2: Yeah, I mean that that's what it comes down to, George. Really, if it's a man on the head, it it just becomes what's a better price than another one if you like Because i'm probably gonna have 20 25 horses ticked off on my list you know all these quality horses have been doing fantastic speed figures in the build up to christmas a lot of them are going to be clashing in the same race um and it'll be about just cherry picking the best value i could see um there'll be no sort of like disrespect to the ones i disregard it'll just be oh that one's six to four okay i can afford to leave that one alone but that one's eight to one in an eight runner race, so i'm quite happy to have that on my side each way so That'll just be the process, really. Um, Coming my, you know, column on on Boxing Day. Um, I, I, very, I I doubt very much there'll be will be too many under six to, uh, under two to one.
0: Well, you've given me two segues there into why people should download the Odds Checker app. One is to get your column, the first place anywhere at nine a.m. every day of racing, and also because value is the most important thing. Always going to be betting value, and the way to do that is to download the odds checker app, where you will get the best prices which we'll be talking about today. The best place terms, bookie offers, free bets and plenty else as well. So if you are watching this, if you're listening to this, do download the Odds Checker app now. The perfect companion for your Christmas betting. Uh, We'll get into the racing now and the way we're going to do this, you know, as I said, we are recording on the 23rd. Um, Final decks are out for Boxing Day. Um, we are still guessing a little bit in terms of of the 27th. So we're going to go through the card on Boxing Day. We're going to have a look ahead to the 27th as well at Kempton. And then we'll have a cursory glance to at the Welsh Grand National on the 27th as well. And if there are any other horses that Andy or Ed think that you should, uh, should be flagged up to be on your radar over the weekend at the end, I'll ask them as well for those although it may want to keep back their Christmas secrets until close to the day. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, we'll get into the, the opening race at Kempton, the 12.45. It's the only race, I think, on the day, at the moment where we don't have prices, or possibly the, the handicap hurdle at the end as well, the 3.40. But the 12.45, slightly a, a disappointing field, I think, given um, some of those with entries uh, a couple of hours ago. Um, we've got Paso Doble, uh, Broomfield, Berg, Corrigine, Rock, um, Black Poppy, High Stakes Player, and Rebelli are the six runners here, Andy. No prices at the moment, but how do you see the market looking here? And, there, and you know, this is your your bread and butter. Are there any novice hurdlers here that have set some decent times that we should be looking for?
2: Yeah, I mean, no, no great surprise to know that uh, Broomfield Berg will be the top of the list here. Curious to see that running a handicap last time out. It was a good, it was a reasonable time figure. Um, he probably. Looks the kind of horse that would be beneficiary of an even stronger gallop than the one he got that day. Um, lovely citizen took them along at his pace, if you like, and and Berg was just in behind him. But he was just always looking as though, to my own, anyway, he was doing too much. He's a bit of a no no ordinary Joe. I think no ordinary Joe suffered from that, didn't he? Um, or has been suffering from that uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a wise move by um, Nicole, um Sorry, Nicky Henderson. Um, sharp, sharp track should suit him fine because he's got plenty of boot if he were mine I'd just send him on really stop the propensity for him pulling by just allowing him to stride on at his own pace and I just think he'll be too good for these, I think he'll probably be a shade of odds on, certainly in my mind if I was chalking this race up now he'd probably be a 4-5 to five poke um, ahead of Pasadoble, who is a nice horse but I don't really think he's got the gears of, of Broomfield Berg he looks almost as though he wants stepping up in trip a little bit. Um, he has run well here, at Pasadabla before, so I'd certainly respect him, but I don't think he's got as much upside as Broomfield Berg, who I think, by and large, is probably the best horse in the race in that handicap. He might have beaten Silent Revolution the first time out, again, not raced a little bit too free. That form, as it stands, has stood the test with the, the third horse, Brun, was it Boomberg? I think, finishing third to John Bon, subsequently back over the same scene, mm. C&D. So, all in all... It's a race that Nicky Henderson likes. I think he's won it five times in the last 10 years. I think all won it. Um, Did he back in 2015? He won it with um, Mr. Fisher three years ago. So, yeah, he does target this race and he looks as though he's got another cab off the rank here.
0: Yeah, Broomfield Berg, uh, likely to be favourite and the one to beat, according to Andy. Uh, Ed? Yeah, will probably be favourite and is probably the one to beat. A bit of
1: an open goal for him. I mean, he's been expensive to follow. This horse has been sent off favourite, every race course start to date in his career and he's been beaten on three of those occasions, including it odds on there, there are times where the towel has gone into some extent, but I agree with a lot of what Andy's saying. I also think for such a free going sort, this is a track with much greater emphasis on speed. I'd love to see him go. Whereas I think suit him a lot better than Choutman, uh, for example, last time out uh, this horse. Yeah. He, he's free. He's still raw. He's green. Um, this is a race lacking any real strength or depth. You know, Black Poppy, well, didn't he, behind that uh, good horse Volley Murphy's earlier in the season? Uh, hasn't really kind of kicked on. And Pasadoble, I think, yeah, mark of 126 for now, over this trip kind of tells you where he is. Yeah, Broomfieldberg, berg uh, just not one for me to get excited about it, what could be, a, you know, a shade of odds on. But um, yeah, the, you'd like to think the class act in this. And as I said, I do think Kempton in this small field... Um, potentially will suit better than Cheltenham. I, I I would like to see no kind of a uh, tactical malice here. If this becomes a bit of a chess match, that would play against burger uh, Again, he, he can get a bit lit up. So yeah, I I try and keep this un, uncomplicated. If you think you're on the best horse, let him bowl along. He's clearly not devoid of a gear or two. And two miles, good to softish ground on Kempton should be perfect for him and see him home. But as I said, he's uh, one of those horses that get me a bit nervous when um, you start seeing the. Uh, the, the amount of times these horses get back in, you, you know he clearly holds a high reputation at home uh the weight of money that's got in a lot of these contests and uh i remember i think it was the new re-race um uh, on his penultimate start they were mortified he was he went off twos on or whatever he did and got turned mm. over so um yeah look he's the, he's the best <clears throat> horse in the race i have no doubt it's just um kind of got to get all the uh, pieces that the sort of click with him and i think by and large the percentage play will be that he will win this assignment
0: Yeah, the last two defeats, uh, Newbury and Cheltenham, just over an extended two miles as well. So you wonder there, especially with uh, him being a keen going sort of the, the, you know, and and not particularly big um, winning distances for those that beat him as well, um, could be in better shape here. But a a shade of odds on um, Ed and Andy can't see against him. So maybe off to a flyer for favourite backers in the first. On to the 120 now. Um, A bit more juice for us to get at here. It is the. the uh, handicap chase, novice handicap chase, and Bothwell Bridge is the 11, sorry, the three to one favourite. Head of Danny Kerwan at seven to two. Mr. Coffee is five to one. Killer Kane fifteen to two. Sebastopol eight to one. Iconic Muddle ten to one. Your darling, uh, one of Ed's horses to watch uh, over the season, eleven to one. Jackamar fourteen to one. And Ed, I'll come to you first here because even though your darling, your darling is racing, mm. it's not your darling who you'll be siding with on on uh, Boxing Day. No, I won't
1: be. Although at those prices now, um, it's coming back to Andy's first point at the top of the show uh, here, George, that is a bit of a big price, eleven to one. I think with your darling, clearly wasn't right on soft ground, Aintree last time. I, I probably will have to have a saver on him, off one two six at a double figure price. But yeah, Danny Kerwin for me here, um, George. This is a horse a markdown. down. Uh, I thought he ran a, a bouter on his chase, David Charlton, back in the October meeting. He got called a few names on the back of that, but it wasn't surprising in the sense that. All his wins for Paul Nicholls, all his wins under the rules have all come on right-handed tracks. Uh, I think it was a bit of a fat-finding mission at Cheltenham A, to see how he took defences to on his chase stadium. B, could he kind of get rid of some of those uh, going right-handed tendencies which he showed from his hurdling days? Well, no. He did exactly the same thing at Presbury Park. He jumped out noticeably to his right over fences on so many obstacles, gave away loads of ground. I thought ran an absolute belter in the circumstances mm. to finish runner up in a race which has worked out a treat. The winners won since. Uh, the fourth and the fifth have won since. This is in a five runner race. And the third was Torn and who wasn't disgraced behind my Drogo last time out either. So the form's worked out a treat. Coming back to right-handed track, as I said, all his horses form, all his wins are on right-handed tracks, including he won a bumper here once upon a time at Kempton. Uh, it's his second start after a wind up He's on the same mark as last time out. and um, Apart from going right-handed, I think he jumped very well at Cheltenham, I say, in a race which looks pretty hot subsequently. So, yeah, Danny Kerwin for me, I think he'll be absolutely tuned up for this. And, yeah, I've got him as the one they've all got to beat.
0: Danny Kerwin, the one to beat, according to Ed. Andy, do you agree?
2: Yeah, I think there's a good argument to, to suggest that um, he he might be favored or should be favored on on pure form that Cheltenham race. I can back that up where, with the time figures as well. Um, it was a very strong race, um, even though there was a small field. I actually backed Torn and Frey to beat Favoir the next day at Tascot. and uh, Favreau, um, um, I think he, I think he upheld the form, but it, it they, they certainly um, you know did the form absolutely no harm whatsoever. I actually think the winner An- and Invictus, is a. He's going to be a, a, a dangerous float in whatever race he runs in at the Cheltenham Festival because I presume connections will go down that route with him um, because I think they're after the fifty thousand bonus, aren't they? They won at Plumpton, mm, didn't mm. they? Um, the
1: plates
2: or something, yeah, yeah. yeah it might might be one of the handicaps or something mm. like of, of that order. Um, I, I do think Sebastopol's slightly overpriced here. I, I I don't normally kind of like make a point of betting in chase races on on a regular basis, uh, particularly on a day like uh, you know on a sun on this Sunday, but. Um, I think he would have won very easily here last time out on on under on, on similar conditions. Um, you know, Rockstar Ronnie had, had won well the time before. I think he had him in his pocket. He just overjumped and, and tipped over. Um, he's a high cruiser. You know, he, he ties in with third time. Look at the time before. I know he's, he's got all those strings of seconds by him. You think, oh, you know, he's a bit of a chancer. But like I say, last time out, it he, he, he proved that he would have won. I think he's just getting his act together. The price is eight to one given that he would have won around the track here easily last time i think that's a very very big price from a yard in good form so if you can still get eight to one sebastopol on the day then he might easily come into my range as, as a potential bet
0: sebastopol for tom Lacey there eight to one best price as it stands as i say danny Kerwan, the one fred seven to two and your darling one to keep an eye on 11 to one best price At the moment, on the odds checker grids, on then to the Quarto Star Novice's Chase over three miles, just four run here, but a a titanic clash at the top of the market where Brave Man's Game is the five to six favourite ahead of the mightily impressive Ahoy Senor at five to four, T Clipper 22 to one, and Katili Briggs is 33 to one. Andy, I'll come to you here because Ahoy Senor's win last time out. Ahead of Mister Incredible, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we can all agree that Mister Incredible didn't really turn up in the way that you anticipated. But a 31-length victory must have you wondering just how good this Ahoy Senor is.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't have an overly or you know a definitive, dogmatic view on on which one of these two is the best at this very current moment in time. The last <laughs> time that they clashed, obviously over hurdles, an Oise Senor beat Braidman's Game, uh, and everyone's obviously going to centre around that, but. Let's don't forget that brave man's game had had, um, you know, a hard enough season up to that point. You know, he rocked up at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, He he was all guns blazing from the front that day, and he was beat by very two very good horses, by the way. But you know, Ojo Senor did have the advantage of going into that race relatively fresh, with a uh, um, with his powder kept dry. Uh, So I'm not necessarily totally convinced that that is a true reflection of their of their of their worth, Um, and you know. Brave man's game up to now, I think, you know, his his two performances over fences so far have been absolutely spectacular. Newton Naber, he was brilliant. He was even better at Haydock. He's jumping. I think he's as about as bomb-proof as you'll find with a novice chaser. Um, Obviously, oh, your was last time out, but he did unseat ride at the time before, so six or one and a half, half a dozen of the other on that mm. score. Um, and it'll just depend, I think, who gets into the better rhythm out of the two. Um, they both like to lead. I think they're both comfortable and more happy you know, doing their own thing from the front. Certainly hoisting your that way last time out, but of course, brain game likes to do that. So I think, I think betting this race is very, very difficult. I think there'll be people out there be puffing out the chest and be in one camp or the, or, the, or the other and have a real strong opinion on it. But I, 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 I'm probably be shying away from this race from a betting perspective. I think because of his bomb proof jumping, I think that if that, that, that is the, the key component on the day, then you'd always be leaning towards Brave Man's game. But, yeah, it's it's a bit of a bit of a, a watching race for me. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and um, hope the best horse wins. And there's no accident. So they both get round and we see a good race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the fence for Andy. Not often we see Andy on the fence, but, Ed, I'm hoping we're going to see you puff your chest out and tell us which camp you're in.
1: <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, I'll <laughs> get off the fence for once. Yeah, I'll, I'll be with Brave Man's game here, uh, definitely. I just think the um we'll talk about it in the King George later I just think this course will suit him a lot better than Ahoy Senor if you listen to the comments from connections after Ahoy, Ahoy Senor won at Newbury this race very much wasn't on the agenda I mean Lucinda Russell uh actually it was Peter Scudamore said uh in the interview said it, you know Kempton's not going to be his track or wait for Lingfield or Warwick with some soft ground in January and uh, I think as the days got closer they've looked at it and thought hang on a minute we've basically got a a match race, you know. With no disrespect to the other two, but on official figures, we've got a match race here to win. A, to win the Grey One quarto Star. So, I get a little bit of a feeling they've almost been forced into this race by the fact this race is cut up to some extent. Uh, I just think Brave Man's game. I just think he's, he's slicker jumping around Kempton on uh, on good to soft ground. It's just a little bit more in his ballpark. You see what I'm saying? Um, mm. Not to say that by the time they came to Cheltenham and say three miles on the old course. Bit of juice in the ground in March, probably sweat more in Ahoy horse in yours favor. In my view, see what I'm saying. I don't think there is the right lot between them. Uh, I mean, officially, a horse in the better horse of what he's achieved on official ratings, but I, I, I just think the characteristics and the 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 circumstance of this race it, it does swing it more in the favor of um of the Paul Nichols runner, So I think the market's right in that respect, and I just think he's the he's the nippier horse of the two. I think a horse in your looks the more the old fashioned. Staying chase, if that makes sense. I mean, to make a kind of far fetched comparison, a bit more Corto versus Denman in terms of their their makeup, uh, if you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like uh, Brave Man's game's clean and not devoid of pace. You know, he's got a bit of two and a half mile boot. We've seen that. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be with Brave Man's game here. Uh, no, put it this way: I, from an anti kind of perspective, I wouldn't mind if Brave Man's game absolutely stuffed a hoisin you, and then I would go and back a hoisin your to win the uh, the Festival of Novices on the back of it, because I don't mm-hmm. think whatever happens in this race, it will necessarily the harm uh, or do any harm uh, in regards to the prospects of the cinder russell uh horse winning at the festival if we're looking further down the line from the kind of value angle there so yeah brave man's game I- i'm definitely in the camp here i think he'll win it and i'll i think he'll stamp his authority
0: brave man's games to stamp his authority says ed quigley with his chest well and truly puffed out in his uh festive Shirt. Uh, the 2:30, then the Christmas Hurdle. And Epitont is the four to five favourite. I'll be speaking to 888 Sport Ambassador Barry Geraghty about Epitont shortly. Uh, not so Sleepy 130. Tritonic 13 to two. Soaring Glory seven to one. Glory and Fortune 40 to one. And Andy, they couldn't separate Epitont and Not So Sleepy last time out. With Not So Sleepy battling back to get a dead heat, but the market seems to have Epitont. Still, as the odds-on favourite in this one, uh, do you agree with that?
2: I certainly don't agree with the prices. Um, I mean, how can you make one four to five and one three to one? I mean, you could mm-hmm. argue that Epiton is likely to see to better effect around a sharp right-handed track, which she's proven around Kempton before. I mean, she has fluffed the lines around Kempton before, so again, um, mixed messages regards that. But you know, to my eyes, no, it's not so sleepy's He's not short of pace either, and he's going to be suited to going right-handed uh, again. I think he's th- I actually think he's three for three in his last three visits to Ascot. Um, So he obviously clearly operates at a very, very high level. Uh, I think the last time he won a handicap um, at Ascot, he beat Buzz. Um, so, you know, I've always got a healthy respect for any horse that dishes out a beating to, to, the, to the Henderson Gray. Um, and, you know, he's going to be rowing his boat from the front again. He's going to get an uncontested lead. Nothing is pestering him. Nothing getting in his way. That's when he's at his best. Uh, he doesn't like being hassled for the lead. Can't see any other for wanting to get anywhere near him. So, you know, he's going to be leading coming out the back straight. And as we know, he he, he stays well, he's honest and he gallops, as he proved last time out when he was heading by Epiton and then came back and rallied. So I, I, I wouldn't be touching Epiton at 4 to 5. I've never really, I won't say i have never liked Epiton, but I've never been in, in her um, fan club. Yeah, a fan club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great work. Yeah, easy. easy to, yeah, I'd never really been a fan of her. Um, perhaps always because she has been slightly over bet and her reputation has kind of. Led her to make her be a lot shorter than she should be in the market most of the times. Um, so I've always looked to take her on with each way alternatives, and and this race is definitely a, applies. I'd, I'd probably look at Tritonic here. Um, obviously, I flagged up not so sleep as being the value out the front two in the market, but I do think six to one for Tritonic is a, is a is a big price. Um, mm. Again, another horse I've I haven't really warmed to because I, I I wanted to take him on for last year's Triumph further because I thought he was a poor price in comparison to Kilixios and. And Zanna here, and, and that came true. But I think the key to him is going right handed. I don't know what Ed thinks, but he he just looks a better horse on a, on a flat right handed mm. track, as he proved at Ascot again by winning that race to the day. Uh, and of course, Kempton here when he won the Adonis last year, when he was brilliant. So I think it's a really good move by Alan King. He's obviously looking to strike while the iron's hot, while the horse is yeah. well. His time figure at Ascot was very healthy. They went a good gallop that day, and he was well suited to that. So not so sleepy being in the race. Well, um, give him a good target to aim at, um so yeah I, I think he's I'd sooner be with him in the soaring glory, put it that way, well, I think mm. he's a little bit of a soft touch, um yeah, yeah, so that yeah, the price is six to one, I'd be more than happy to to take him um probably even in, in even each way because I, I think he might just mm. jam his way in, in between the front two, um you know even if they they run their races.
0: 13 to 2 best price is at the moment, Tritonic, but yeah, a bit of a bit of blue around and a short as 5 to 1 in places. So that 13 to 2 uh, might not last too long. And Ed, I know that's the angle you're looking to take up on this as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I finally converted Andy to the uh, Tritonic fan club. Um, uh, eventually, he's got he's got he's a fully paid up member now. But yeah, oh, um... <laughs> well, it
2: killed me, dead because I I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get with the, the Greatwood Hurdle form. so I put up not yeah. so uh, not Ord- no ordinary Joe in West Joe, Cork and, yeah. and left t- Tritonic oh, out, no. So I'm still he's... I'm still haven't made any money off of him. No, <laughs> no,
1: I think you're, I think you're you're spot on though with uh, Cheltenham's not his track. No. Um, right-handed flat, you know, you forget he had a fair amount of dash on the flat you know sorry royal ascot he finished second didn't he one of the big handicaps royal ascot mm. a couple of years ago you know over a mile and a half uh i think he he's a proper flatbread for want of a better phrase i just think that you know your, your kemptons your ascots are clearly going right-handed they suited better than going uphill down dale with Cheltenham, where he, he never looked happy at all in that race behind uh i'd like to move it back in the october meeting and i thought Ram plenty of credit in the great wood all things considered but uh much more himself last time out they went hard from the front and it was interesting to listen to Adrian Heskin. The one thing he did say, he felt he was in top gear all the way round, And then they almost came back to him a bit. It was why he came on the bridle. So that's slightly worrying in the sense that he, he was almost hinting perhaps he wants two and a half these days. Uh, and that they will step him up in trip at some point because he was a steady, the Adrian Heskin was kind of saying he was in top gear to stay with them over two miles. But I just like the course of distance for him. And to actually, I'm just not bought by any of them. I mean, not so sleepy. He's very good on his day. Uh, but sometimes his day go totally missing, doesn't it? Uh, if, mm. if you look through the balance, of the profile of his form. Epitome, we know she's the class act from previous years, but are we still pricing her up on kind of sentiment and emotion and memory? I'm not not really sure. I just a little bit, she almost got a little bit worried out of it last time out in Newcastle. can't quite think of the phrase I want to use there. I thought she, you know, win half the track, two out, and then it just didn't quite materialise. So all in all, I think it's question marks about all of them, but 13 to 2, it's fair for Tritonic, who's uh, as we say the last time we saw him at this track, he was devastating, albeit at a lower level. So yeah, he'll do for me at thirteen to two.
0: We're going to move on now to the King George, but as we've been discussing epiton now is a good time to speak to eight 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 Sport ambassador Barry Geraghty and get his thoughts on epiton who of course he rode many times in his glittering career, and plenty of other thoughts ahead of the weekend's racing barry before we get into the racing i'll ask you the the important questions first what does christmas day look like in the garrity in the garrity household <laughs> um always was good fun um but i was told last year that when i
3: was riding at about three o'clock in the afternoon i'd start to withdraw a little bit obviously the <laughs> mind would be drifting off to Kempton and getting myself in order but uh the, the fact they could say it to me last year i'd say i was probably in a slightly different place so um I am working on TV on the 26th on, on Boxing Day, so I'll be, I'll have a little bit of a game face on me, but not as much as I would have had in the past.
0: <laughs> you've got to be careful with those wines, though. If you've got, if you've got TV the next day, you don't want to be standing there with shaky legs and a shaky microphone uh, after enjoying yourself too much on Christmas Day.
3: No, definitely not. Definitely not. But um, yeah, so no, it's, it's a, it's a more relaxed day than it would have been in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if if Boxing Day racing wasn't already exciting enough, knowing we'll have you on our screens as well. Uh, Makes it all the more. Um, So looking forward to that. But before we look at Boxing Day and the 27th at Kempton, as ever, it's always good to get your thoughts on what happened last weekend. Um, And I think we have to start with an old friend, an old ally of yours in Champ uh, and his win in the Long Walk. Now, nine to two, joint favourite for the Stayers after that impressive comeback performance. I mean, I guess, asking you whether or not you were surprised is probably a silly question, given you know the horse's quality, but what did you make of the win?
3: Yeah, well, listen to Nicky's interview afterwards, you know, he was he was hoping for a confidence booster, and, and that's all I would have thought. It was a, a stepping stone towards, I would have thought, a chasing career, maybe. But mm. the race worked out really well From the fact that it didn't go as fast. Um, it gave him time to warm up to his jumping. When ours is coming back from Fences to Hurdles, They don't generally have as good a flow. They might be a little bit careful, a bit deliberate, not jump as slick as the others. And I was afraid that was going to put him on the back foot early on. But the steady pace, he was able to build on his jump and it got his confident and traveled like the class horse of the race. On the flip side of that, Time Hill was probably too keen because of the slow pace and Paisley Park could have done with a better pace to come from off the pace. So it worked against the opposition and worked well for Champ. But with that race under his belt, He's going to improve for us. He's going to improve for the for the experience back over hurdles, but he'll improve for fitness as well. So no, it's a big step forward for Champ, and um, I think he's worthy worthy to be at the head of the market.
0: We're going to stick for a couple of questions with the the green and gold and, and Nicky Henderson. Um, you know that used to be a trio with yourself included as the, as the final part. Uh, John horse that you haven't ridden, but a, a newest addition to that team. Uh, now five to two favourite head of Constitution Hill for the um, Supreme. What did you make of that performance? Because we've spoken a lot about Constitution Hill, but John Bon again a, a massive drifter in the market. A lot of people ready to, um, you know, with the with the daggers drawn, ready to to have a go at the performance. But you know, wow, that visually at least, that was some performance.
3: Exactly, and then people are there with the daggers drawn, and they're, and they're they're so keen to knock him. But he was very good, in Ascot. Um there was no pace. Everyone was was were, you know, they were they were ball watching, if you like. They all thought it'd be better to follow him and he'd be keen, but he wasn't as keen. He had earplugs in this time, which I think were a help. And um, jumped really well, very professional, quickened up from four out, quickened to get in the straight. I thought it was a very solid performance. Um he could do no more than he did, but he, he he won like a class horse. And likewise, he's entitled to be at the head of the market. Versus Constitution Hill, you're judging him on one run where you have, you know, three runs on the race course, which um, John wants. A little bit more to go on, but uh, I think they're the right two at the top of the market.
0: Yeah, we should see constitution head. I think, in the uh, second week of January. So all eyes there uh, will be on Nicky Henderson's seemingly second string in the race at the moment. But we'll see how that develops as the season goes on. Uh, I teased before introducing you that we were going to ask you about a horse you know very well um, who we'll see. Uh, at Kempton on Boxing Day in the Christmas Hurdle in Epitons. Um dead heated. Uh, last time we saw her, she's four to five here to to put that right and and get one over. Not so sleepy this time around. How do you expect her to to go here? Yeah, the ground is probably
3: ideal for her, and um, and she she ran a cracker in in Newcastle. You would have loved to think she would have gone and won uh, decisively, and she looked like a winner jump in the last. But not so sleepy. Battle back up to get upsides again. He didn't help us chances with some untidy jumps in the straight. Um, but you'd like to think there's a little bit of improvement in her. I think the better ground, um, Kenton Flatter track again. I think will suit her. Um, so I, she's a lot just in her favour. And if you were if you were asked to pick which one you'd want to be on, it'd be very hard to pass up on her.
0: With Epiton, I'd be interested to get your thoughts because, you know, you rode her at some of her most impressive performances and also on days where she didn't seem herself, namely, of course, at, at Cheltenham at the festival. Is she a quirky horse? Are there days where she just doesn't quite seem to have that um, scintillating turn of foot, I guess, um, that, we, that we often see when she's at her best?
3: Yes, yeah, so the only day she disappointed me was in the the, the mayor's hurdle the previous year to win in the champion hurdle she, she yeah. seemed to boil over before racing so i think with age and experience she matured from that she was very good in the christmas hurdle two years ago and she bolted up uh, and likewise in the champion hurdle And that was me and epitant i think i only wrote her the three mm-hmm. times um so she is very good in her day she's obviously had a few little problems um and you could you know, you could find fault in Newcastle and say she should have gone and won, but you would fancy your chances that she's going to just have another little bit in hand over Not So Sleepy. And I think the better ground works well in her favour and um, Not So Sleepy. He won the won the the what used to be the Labour hurdle in, um, in Ascot on heavy ground. So he he has form and soft ground. He should handle it better than her, whereas it's given to be good to soft or even just a slow set of good. So, no, I think, as I say, she, if you're going to. If you give me the choice, which one you, what would you want to be on? Um, you'd have to go at Epertence.
0: You thought you were on her three times. You're on her five times, Barry, but I'll forgive you for, for forgetting the... I just the, remembered uh, it. I exited
2: her
3: on one in her one day, I think. Yeah. And First time else?
0: for Dicky as well. Was that Newbury? Kempton. 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 Yeah, won by... Um, I remember. I remember it well. Won by three and a half ahead of A up Rocky on the 12th of November, 2018. Happy memories, even if uh, even if you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on then, uh, and we'll talk about the big matchup uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, Brave Man's Game takes on a Hoist Senor. Brave Man's Game, just about favourite. We heard um, Ed speak a, a second ago saying that he fancies Brave Man's Game to beat a Senor. Andy saying he can't really choose between them at this stage. Who would you rather be on? A
3: oh, Senor. I think he is the absolute business. And um, I loved when Newbury. Now the only slight negative for him is because he's so brave and so forward going, he's willing to take chances. He's a little bit untidy early on in Newbury, the water jump especially, which I, I would forgive him that a big horse like that can show little respect to a water jump because it's so much smaller, but down the back from halfway down the back, his jumping got a lot better. Um, but he's going to be going faster here. Flatter track, there's more emphasis on speed. Um, and he won't be able to afford to make those untidy jumps. They'll be they'll be costly. So I think um, for me, ability wise, a high senior he beats Brabant's game in entry um, as a novice harder, And I think he's the better horse. He just he excites me how he jumps. Um, Brabant's game is brilliant, foot perfect, very measured, jumps really well. Um, but no, high senior he just he, he excites me a little bit more. But it's a brilliant matchup, and I can't wait to see it.
0: It absolutely is. Another brilliant matchup comes in the big big race of the day. Uh, we've got the King George at Kempton on Boxing Day um, and we have Manila Indo and Klander um, Zobo as joint three to one favourites. But plenty other contenders in there. Um, Frodon, of course, last year's winner, uh, Asterion Falange, Chantry House. Which one at this stage are you looking at as being the the likely winner?
3: Yeah, I just fear from Manil In though that you know it's it's as I said, good to soft is as bad as it would be, and three mile around Kempton is very different from three or three and a quarter around Cheltenham. So I'm 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 not fully convinced he has the the natural pace for this race. Um it's, it's really it's a two and a half mile race in Cheltenham you would use to compare with three miles around Kempton. Um I like Klander Zobo I think Paul Nichols has sidestepped. The bet fair, he's I know he likes he does improve for a run, but he's had plenty of time to get him fit and ready for this. And it's a big target. They dropped him in last year as well. Uh didn't help his cause. Froden was a good winner, but I think this is a better race. And um, so for me, Clandazobo is the one to be on. A steer for Lange, how he was travelling when he when he unseated the Ford last in Punchestown, it was exciting, but you know, on the same token, can you trust his jumping? But he's definitely a classy sort of horse. And um, Chantry House beat Fusel Raffles in the marsh chase last year. It's good for him, but he needs to be better than that to get involved. And he, he has the potential to be better than that, but we just haven't really seen him tested. So it, it's a test for him. Uh, last Translation, I thought ran a cracker when he won in Ascot over 2-5. Stays well, has has enough pace, I think, for Kempton. Um, He'd win the operation when he was disappointed in this race two years ago and he burst the blood vessel when uh, the Tizzards horses weren't exactly running well last season. So I think he's a very good horse and he's won with, with an outside chance. But for me, Klander Zobo is the one to be on.
0: Klander Zobo, the one to beat for Barry. And a quick question looking ahead to Monday's racing. It's it's not, as we're going to discuss with, with Ed and Andy, the, the greatest of punting cards on the day. But we, we've got to talk about Shishkin. We're not entirely sure, as is often the case uh, with Nicky's at the moment, whether or not Shishkin will run um, but if he does take up this booking, um, how do you expect him to, you know, his, his seasonal reappearance to, to go? Well, you'd love to think that he
3: would have the the guns. Green team obviously being the one he'd have to beat um, and he is a good horse but and he has the edge on fitness but you'd love to think Shishkin, if he's the horse we all think he is that even if he is slightly short, that he ha- would have the guns to, to deal with the opposition here so it'll be interesting to see but I, i'd be disappointed if he gets beaten
0: hopefully he turns up and hopefully if he does he doesn't get beaten uh, thank you very much to barry uh 888 sport ambassador barry geraghty for taking the time to speak to us there best of luck with your tv engagements on boxing day we'll all be watching cheers george thank you yeah thank you very much to 888 sport ambassador barry geraghty there for sharing his thoughts on all things christmas racing at kempton and now I get to ask Ed and Andy about their thoughts on the King George. Uh, of course, three miles over at Kempton, and Clandesobo is joint three to one favourite alongside Manila Indo as it stands. Chantry House is five to one. Frodon, last year's winner, twenty to one. SP last year, eleven to two this time around. Asterian Falange, thirteen to two. Lost in translation, fourteen to one. Tornado Flyer, twenty two. St. Calvados, 22s. And Mr. Fisher, forty to one, and it's the big one. So I'll give you first run.
2: Uh, yeah, a really good uh, addition of the, of the King George. Um, first and foremost, we've you know the the, the standard of runners we've got this year is I think above average in comparison to the last four or five years. Uh, I, I would say. Um, obviously, we got you know a Gold Cup winner in there as well. That, that obviously. Uh, adds to the spice uh, and we've also got nine runners as well which makes it a really good each way betting heat. Mm. Um, Interested cheek pieces have gone on Melella Rindo. Mm. Um, I, I, I must admit I've, I've probably been sleeping now. I didn't read any in dispatches that Henry DeBromay was going to do that. Perhaps he just feels as though he, he needed a little bit of a wake-up call after down Royal. I certainly think we'll see a sharper Milano Rindo than we did at down Royal um, and certainly fitness-wise you'd like to think he's come come forward quite quite considerably. Whether he handles... You know, you know, for him a fairly tight right-handed track. Uh, he's gone around, you know, sort of places like Wexford. So I, I don't think it's that big of an issue that probably one or two will make out. Um, I, I, my theory with him may maybe it just took him a while to warm up last year. I almost think perhaps the spring is the time to catch him. So you know, he's always going to be better off in the Gold Cup, isn't he? That Cheltenham suits him better than better than most, as we know by his career record. Um, I think he's going to run a huge race here, window Um. I'd certainly prefer him to Klanders Um Only marginally, but I, I would. Um, obviously, Paul's looking to keep Klanders fresh this year and he's avoided one or two other um, potential targets along the way just to come here fresh in, in a bid to retain his crown. Um I certainly respect him, but I, I wouldn't want to back him at 11-4. It, it leads me on to, to Chantry House and I, I just think he's the one who I think could be tailor-made for this race. They're going to go good gallop. Frodo, as we will we'll know, we will get the early lead whether it's an uncontested one all depends on what Australian Falange does Is the only other potential spoiler but I think Chantry House has got that lovely combination of having good two and a half mile tactical speed which you need for a track like this um, and of the evidence we've seen so far in his two runs over three miles it seems as though three noles is not a problem either um, that race at Ainge Trail last year was the first time he's really tested over the trip and whether he would have beaten the Kim Bailey horse had he not fallen at the two, had he's, he's obviously open to question, but I, I happen to believe that I think he probably would have done. But you look at what he, you know, 32 lengths back to Sean Blue, I mean, you know, that's not, that form's not looking too shabby given what Sean Blue's done this, so far yeah. this season. And, um, you know, the three mile race at Sandown, albeit a two runner race, also proved categorically that three miles is not a problem because the time figure was very good, even though there was only a two runner race. So I think. He's the he's the one to be with at the prices, and of course, Nicky Henderson's record in this race is just as good as any other uh, trainer in the in the in the field. Um, so yeah, if we can get what is he at the moment? Obviously, you've got all the pricing for you. I can see ninety-two on my sh- on my Five story. to one,
0: five to one, best price. Five
2: race? to one. I think five to one now for him. With, you know, with the, with the shape of the race, the way this race will be run, you know, I think he'll sit in third or fourth, just popping away. Um, yeah, he's 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 the one I want to get with at the prices from an HI perspective. I can't see him not running well.
0: Chantry House five to one. Cannot see him not running well for Andy Ed. Yeah, we well, it's just remarkable. We're in the
1: same boat here, aren't we? Um, I thought this wouldn't happen, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm with Chantry House here. I'm um, going back to the point I made earlier about like that Ahoy senor brave man's game. I think Milano Indo might be a bit of that Ahoy senor in the sense that I can see what the cheap pieces are on him. I personally do think. Three miles of good to soft round here might just find him off the bridle a, a bit. If, so, I'm not saying he's a Santini by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I, I, I just wonder whether he'll just be on it the whole time. And he's going to have to kind of go a yard quicker than he'd like to. You know, as Henry DeBromed says, he says, this fella for whatever reason seems to grow another leg when he arrives at Presbury Park. Well, this isn't Presbury Park. You know, there's a much greater emphasis on speed than stamina, which we know he's very comfortable when, conditions the race bring his stamina into play so uh, i just wonder manella you window clandazobo i mean does have a horrendous record when fresh uh however you clearly he clearly has been trained by design differently for this race if that makes sense uh coming in here a fresh horse. so paul nichols felt that he's running the betfair chase a couple of years ago took the edge off him so uh, i don't know what to make of him I, i'm basically i'm not convinced by either of the top two at the market at the prices and i do think chantry house he has that two and a half mile boot his overall collateral form doesn't entitle him to be up there with the others yet, but he hasn't had really had the chance to prove it, if you see what I'm saying. And, yeah, if you do take the entry run on face value, as Andy says, I mean, he had Chamblou beating the distance behind him. He had Fiddler on the roof in behind him, of course, who's uh, shown some very smart form this season, already went close at Newbury, didn't he, uh, last month. So, yeah, I'm, basically, I'm with Team Henderson here. I'm, I'm with Shantry House, and I've had a few quid each way on Mr Fisher, who would have had a prep run uh, in the Peterborough, but they had to... Missed ten days' work or so, with a little heart murmur. They've had an operation to correct that. And again, I just think he's two from two at Campton. As long as we don't get too much rain, that's something which I haven't bored you with. But you know, they're, they're forecasting around ten to twelve millimetres over the uh, over the kind of the next two or three days, which will probably put it as genuine good to soft ground. That'll be no problem for him. And uh, again, I've always said, Mr. Fisher, three miles, Kempton. I think we were actually on our Jumpers to Follow show last year. I was actually saying those <laughs> words. And uh, I've eventually got my Christmas present. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, he's 40 to 1. I think he's a huge prize, personally, especially if they go hard up front. I think tactics will play, clearly play a big part here. I mean, Frodo, on the and Florenton aren't going to hang around. I can't imagine Manella, Indo, around three miles in Kempton, is going to want to be held up to produce a turn of foot i think he's going to be ridden fairly promptly saint calvados was in the van last year i think this will be running a, a furious gallop with the likes of like clander's and uh, lost in translation mr fisher kind of tried to try and be smuggled into it if you like so i envisage there could be a little bit of a pace collapse here it might just be a run too soon for mr fisher but if he kind of picked up the pieces and stayed on into third i wouldn't be shocked so i'm very much in the um the seven barrows camp here with Shantry House are back to win. I'm back, Mr. Fisher, each way. And just finally on the race, I mentioned Asterian Falange. I think, from a price perspective, this horse is an absolute joke how he six to underwing the King George. He's won one of his last seven races over fences. I mean, yeah, if he was a 16 to 1 poke, fair enough. I mean, everyone's latching on to that John Durkin run last time out. But, crikey, mm. if I'm back at him at 6 to 1, I want to be watching behind the sofa with bulletproof vestments <laughs> or something. I mean, um, yeah, not for me in a month of Sundays. When you, the reigning champion Frodon's basically the same price as him. I just think that's daft, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, just from a price perspective, nothing against the horse. So, yeah, team seven barriers for me. Chantry House to win. And uh, Mr. Fisher runs in the third. I'll go back in from some more uh, port and cheese. <laughs>
0: Uh, Mr. Fisher, yeah, best price forty to one. That is with our sponsors, at Sport. But Shantry House five to one, best price as it stands. It's not often that I give my view on these races. Uh, sometimes it happens to good effect. But I wonder if Saint Calvados had a big price, at a big price on the day, could be an interesting one as well. First run for Paul Nichols. Uh, Travelled very well into the race last year. Nichols, Paul Nichols uh, said yesterday that he reckons he'd have won or could have won if it was if it was uh, for better jumping. And I wonder if we'll see a little bit of improvement for the stable switch from, from Harry Whittington's to, um, to Paul Nichols's in the best of his form. You know, finishing, what was it, a uh, a neck behind, a head behind Min in the Ryanair a couple of years ago. Uh, certainly no shortage of class and maybe forgotten in the market with Frodon and uh, Clan de Zobo taking most of the attention away. So I'm hoping that I'm going to see, you know, what, 30, 40 on the, maybe on the exchange on St. Calvados on the date. And if it wins, then let me know, because this has happened once before. Uh, It was a couple of years ago with the one great trick Source last year, and we landed once. So uh, we'll see. I'm sure lightning will not strike twice. But there is, you know, it's the 23rd of December, and I've given my first tip on the old checker betting show of the year. And I'm sure it will come to nothing. On then to the last race of the day, the 3.40, the handicap hurdle. Uh, and we have no prices here at the moment. 10 run, um, Marie's Rock uh, out of the Cotswolds, Antaire, Echo, Heros de Sol, uh, Comanche Red, onto victory, our surprise, and Albert van Ornham and Hydroplane are the 10 runners. Ed, anything here? Uh, anything catch your fancy?
1: No, I'm sitting this one out. I, I imagine Heros de Sol will probably get backed um, into favourites, he always does. He's never one of these Nicky Henson horses, which clearly, um, you know... Works like binocular at home or something, and then doesn't quite um, do it on the track. But uh, interesting they're coming here with him because on his new, the only thing I noted down on his new to his handicap hurdle debut, Newton Abbott, he went left handed pretty much at everything. Well, if you wanted to find uh, the opposite of left handed, uh, Kempton's pretty much it, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of they'll trap round here, uh, whether that, you know, two miles, five furlongs, that kind of trip angle, perhaps, um, that step up a trip will bring improvement um he's clearly a horse you listen to all the preseason bulletins and he's the horse they keep thinking is gonna blossom into this really good individual uh and off one two five i'm sure again he will get punted but um a race i will
2: uh yeah just happily take note of
1: with uh, another day ahead
0: andy um
2: yeah i I'd, I'd probably be a little bit more um strong on this race than that I, I i don't think There's that much strength in depth in this race. Um, Onto victory, I think he's a bit of a funny so-and-so. I've been watching him a few times this season. don't think he finds a massive amount off the bridle. Um, I'm not totally convinced by the Henderson horse. Uh, Ontola, I thought was a slightly lucky winner last time out. I think it was a race that Guernsey should have won, but um, he made a bad mistake at the last and rather let him in. Um, So, yeah, I I, I quite like the chances of Marie's Rock. Um, I thought she ran really well in the Great Wood. Um, She was given a Far too much to do, but I think the Greatwood forms, uh, you know, easily the best form line as far as I could say coming into this race. We saw with Tritonic the day, and she only finished just behind Tritonic. Um, she looks as though she was just a little bit ring rusty first time out at Weatherby behind uh, Molly Ollis Witches when it was a good ride by Dan Skelton. He went wide all the way around the round side and kicked in the straight and got first run. And she went around the inside on the swamp and took a little while to get into top gear. So, again, she's she's just come up a little bit shy in a good listly race at Weatherby, and a top class handicap at, at Cheltenham um, and, and a finished respectable seventh. But at, to my eyes, she looks as though she wants further. Um, you know, the two mile races seem to be a little bit um, getting on ahead. Whereas I think stepping up to two, five will be ideal. And she goes really well right-handed. She won a listly race at Taunton last year, didn't she? On good ground going right-handed. So um, yeah. Hopefully it's, it's looking like a, a good day for Nicky Henderson. I think we've tipped up at least two or three resources sure. and um, well, hopefully he might bookend the card following the uh, Broomfield-Berg project in the first.
0: yeah marie's rock is the one there to look out for um and a couple of others but no prices as it stands at the moment we'll move on then to kempton on the 27th on monday the 120 the wayward lad novice chase and the market is kind of being reformed here as we record because sebastopol and rare time have been declared for sunday um this is a An embryonic market, let's say, this could change beyond all recognition in the hour or so it's going to take to finish this podcast and release it. So apologies if that is the case, but we'll do our best. And as a betting heat, uh, it's not particularly interesting anyway, Ed, but we'll do our best. Edward Stone is the 4 9 favourite, ahead of solo at 100 to 30. Do your job, that's what I often say to you off air, 11 to (laughs) 2. Ray had time 8 to 1 and Sebastopol is 10 to 1.
1: Yeah, I mean, a steering job, if official figures uh, are to anything to go by, and as the market would probably suggest, um, in all honesty, George, I mean, it was, whichever way you slice it, it was an impressive performance, hand wasn't it, last time out, mm-hmm. powered up the hill, um, you could say perhaps third time, lucky, underperformed, etc., cetera, et cetera, but, uh, you know, you'd be trying to be a bit churlish to take away the gloss from Edward Stone, I think yeah, it was very good on that occasion, um, should win this, really, I mean, of course, has to carry the penalty, but um hard to kind of see why he would lose it that makes sense i think do your job wasn't actually traveling that badly i think it was the eighth or ninth fence he came down at um in that contest i with a clear round here i think he could follow him home i was interested looking at that horse i mean i've always got him down as a bit of a speed horse because obviously got that entry form in the book but a lot of his early form came on very soft ground so i would be interested um uh, but what I'm saying is perhaps he goes on softer ground and perhaps uh, you know some of these horses get pigeonholed don't they but you've actually looked at what's in the form book do your job does have plenty of form and the mud is flying if we get the kind of upper end of the the forecast rain and it becomes you know 15 to 18 millimeters uh, that would probably uh help him I think it's fair to say so yeah I think Edward Stone steering job um do your job with a clear round I, I think he can I wouldn't say give him a race but uh, I think he'll be he would definitely be chasing his shadow at least here but it's a uh, Bit of a non event
0: for me, this one, George. Bit of a non event um, for Ed. Is there an event for you, Andy, or should we, move, should we move on to the Mayor's handicap?
2: Yeah, all I would say with Edward Stone, um, with his performance in the Henry VIII, his, his overall time and sectional times were better than Grenatine. Um, he, in fact, he was, he was a good bit quicker than Grenatine on, on all points of that track that day at, at Sandown. So he's obviously a very good operator for a novice. And I still think he's. Underestimated in the Arco market. I'm not sure why he's still trading at sort of in and around the seven to one mark. Uh, I think he'll only Enhance his he's, he's, uh, credentials in the Wayward Lad, um, and Ed's already highlighted the horse that um, is his only threat. Do your job. He was still going well at Sandown, so they they flagged, fly the flag for that Sandown race. And um, yeah, knowing bookmakers, even if he just stays on his feet and tells us <laughs> nothing that we don't already know, he'll, he'll, shorten, he'll shorten up again for the uh, for the arco like. Um, um American Mike did in that bumper at um, mm. um Navin at the weekend. That was always gonna happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, let's move on then to the Mayor's handicap hurdle, which is the third race on the card. Dragon Bones and Tequila Blaze are the nine to two joint favourites. Damned Compagna, 13-2. Marie's Rock again, seven to one, coded message seven to one. Impressive lady sevens, Martha Bray sevens, go many go eights. 12 to 1 get the appeal and bulb and reality Twenty to one. Um, not that many left in Andy, but this is probably going to cut up a fair bit. Uh, where do you see the value at the moment? Uh,
2: probably coded message. Um, I mean, she look, looked like she needed to run the first day at Ascot in that good race one by Tequila Sky. Um, she's got four or five lengths to find on on her old rival, but she does like it here at Kempton. And I also noticed that Ben Casey's horses are in absolutely spectacular form at the moment. There's, there's some yards that are just kind of like flying under the radar. And ticking along at a real good, healthy strike rate, and and Ben is going really well at the moment. He's winning with quite a few of his novices. Uh, Cobblers Dream won the other day, and um, he had he had another one that won at Fakenham over the weekend. So his yards, his yards really healthy. Hopefully, she'll now be healthy after that run after a 200 odd day break. Um, as I said, this track will really suit her. So um, at the prices you've just you've just given me, I think she's probably the value from an HRI perspective.
1: Ed. Uh, let Andy have the dance floor on that one. I mean, I've noticed there's so many in here with multiple entries. I think Dame de Companion is going for the per attempts qualifier at Canton, mm-hmm. et cetera. God knows who's going to turn up in this. So, yeah, I'll, I'll happily sit this one out.
2: It's not a bad betting race, actually, because, as, as Ed just said there, Marie's Rock won't go. Duke the Company will probably go Canton. You might get a situation now, if you get on board very, very quickly, you get this podcast before like the decks come out, mm-hmm. you can get, say, an each-way price about, a, a horse you know is running i.e. a coded message and you end up backing it each way three places eight to one where on the day there'll be six seven runners and he's an, and she's only like six to one so um, yeah if, you, if you've got that extra um, bit of an edge then uh, it's probably not a bad race to have a crack at now
0: find a way to make the most of the race cutting up uh, the 230 uh, again not many firms out with their prices for the big one on on um yeah, on Monday the Desert Orchid Chase, uh, but we have some prices here. Shishkin is the two-on favourite uh, as it stands, with Grenatine, thirteen to eight, uh, Fon and Buell, Savola six to one, Sky Pirate eight to one before midnight twelve to one. Andy.
2: Yeah, again another race that um, I'm quite happy just to watch and enjoy. Um, we're waiting to see what Shishkin, you know, can do first time back. We're just waiting to see him come back on the racetrack, but um, you know. It's- <laughs> The sightings of him are going to be quite threadbare. I think all the way up to Cheltenham, Um, we've got another Altior on our hands here. Um, um, They dare get him out of his box. I think if he kind of like, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that could go on with um, with him potentially. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's just a brilliant horse, isn't we? We know that. Um, He's favourite for the favourite for the Champion Chase, deservedly so. Um, And if he turns up here, then you'd imagine he'd be beating the likes of Grenatine and and Before Midnight, you know, who are useful in their, obviously, particularly Grenatine, proved himself in the Tingle Creek, very useful in their own right. But they're still not quite in that bracket that you'd like to think that Shiskin is. So um, not a lot I can say uh, that we don't already know about Shiskin unless Ed's got a stronger view than me.
1: No, I would just say it's, it's not entirely at the time of recording. We don't actually know he's running, do we? I suppose it's mm. the bigger area. And then this market looks, goes totally um, wall, doesn't it? Um, I mean, again, the vibes from Nicky Henderson, we're, you know, we're going to leave it to last minute to work in before we. It's all very kind of cloak and dagger, isn't it? I mean, is there more wrong within the we're being led on to believe? You know, I see final line of Nicky Henderson's quote was, if you've got to wait for the Clarence House, so be it. So, you know, it's clearly in the back of the mind that. Missing this isn't really all that big a deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he was, what was he? He was 95% and he missed Sandown, so I suppose he's got to be 99.9% to line up in this, so that might not even be enough. So, um, yeah, and know uh, Shishki turns up, be nice to see him strut his stuff, but again, he will have it on his plate against race fit rivals, he will have to be on it first time out, and um, yeah, I just like to see him run and I like to see him win, and it would uh. You know, we like to see the best horses come to the fore, don't we? We've already seen kind of a Nergamine come back and lay down the mark and we'll see him again over Christmas and be nice to see Shishkin at least just turn up and strut his stuff and we can, you know, the, the marketing teams around the country can start kind of building that the big clash we all want to see in, in 12 weeks' time. But uh, yeah, just hope he lines up and I'd love to see him put in a, a really good performance.
0: Yeah, not great from a betting perspective there, but fingers crossed Shishkin can get the job done. Uh, and then to the 3.05 on the day, which is the um, handicap chase. And we've got De machine is the 5-1 favourite, ahead of Captain Nord at 6-1. Man of the Mountain, 8-1. Kitty's Light, 9-1. to Phlegmatic, 10-1. Morning Vicar, 11-1. mctotty, 11-1. Fortescue and Corto the King and Can Canelo and Five Star Getaway, all 12-1. Fourteen to one bar, Andy.
2: Yeah, it's a race. I'm definitely not going to be betting in um, those handicap chases of that nature. Just don't float my boat whatsoever. Um, when there's so much to choose from, I much prefer betting the novice hurdles or handicap hurdles. But I think they've got the right favourite um, on form. Um, with machines run, of course, in, in the in the brook being the standout. Um, I, thought he, I thought he showed it really well. I think I think Kerry Lee was almost like questioning our own sanity by running a horse first time off the shelf um in a race like that suggesting that perhaps they should have maybe either got a run into it and then gone there or gone for easier pickings um he strikes me as being more of a maybe a welsh national horse to machine um i don't mm. want to do him a disservice but um i think and maybe another year under his belt that's where he'll likely end up but the only off-putting thing about him and it's not the horse, it's the yard. I mean, Kerry Lee has gone had a very, very quiet season by her standards. I think she's still, I think it's about a month and a half since she had the last, last winner. Um, so even though this horse has run well in isolation in that race, I'm still not totally convinced about backing any of her horses at relatively short prices. So the right favourite, but still doubts in my mind um, in, 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 with regards to having a bet.
0: Ed, could you find any anything to be a bit more bullish about? Are you sitting um with, no, if, with Andy on the fence?
2: No, no, if real
1: steel lines up, I'd be I would be I'd be interested in this. Or i would back the horse basically if the horse lines up to get a cut to the chase. Mm. Um he was put this time last year, he's running in the King George. He was pulled up, he was tailed off. But he's dropped to a career low mark here now, one four five. You know, he drops into an up to one forty-five for the first time. He's one six six at his pump. Clearly, you know, the wheels have come off, but Every horse has his price and every horse has his level. I don't think it's inconceivable that he could... Um, this is a huge drop-down in grade from the kind of battles he's been fighting over the last couple of years, you know. I mean, he, he ran a Stormer, didn't he, in a Gold Cup once upon a time as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think Bryony Frost is is, is one I've, I've had a look on the old... Uh, on the entry, she's penciled in to take the ride as well. There might be the hint that he's going to line up. If he does, he's at the easiest race he's run in for about four years. And I think he's near near enough a double-figure price that he carried my money. In fact, I might might go and back him sooner rather than later and take the chance he, <laughs> line, the chance he lines up. Because they said, his back class entitles him to, uh, to laugh at a lot of these. And they're the kind of angles I like in some of these handicaps where you've got a lot of exposed types.
0: Yeah, 14 to 1, best price at the moment for real steel. Um, Before we let you guys go, going to move from Kempton to a quick look over at Chepstow in the Welsh Grand National, where we've got uh, Secret Reprieve is the 9 to 2 favourite across the board. Uh, The Big Dog, 7 to 1. Highland Hunter, 8 to 1. Hold that taut, 8 to 1. I will do it, 12 to 1. Day Sabba, 14 to 1. Uh, 16 to 1, Mighty Thunder, Native River, 16 to 1, Potter's Corner, 16 to 1, and plenty of others there, Ramses to Tay and Hill 16, Eurobot, Elegant Escape, Colorado Dock, all 20s, plenty left in as it stands at the moment, Andy. Um, Any fancies for you in the Welsh National?
2: Um, Yeah, uh, my first starting point um, for a race like this is always to look for horses that have got uh, Chepstow form. Um, Unfortunately, the, the one I was Pinning my hopes on this season. I'll put him in virtually every list in I tend to follow because this is a bonus race. It was asked Me Early, but then he went at that no, school in Gallup the, the other day. Look at that, I backed him anti-post, not like I did Buzz. I'm, I'm afraid I've got um, wounds to be licking all the way through up to the uh, stays early with that one. Um, but I got a chance to sort of have another crack at this race uh, without losing anything financially. Um, so with a clean, completely clean slate, I've got we've got that form line of Ask Me Early's Novice Chase victory here last year represented by two of them that um, ship up here 12 months on um Highland Hunter um being one of them and and the other one that chased home um um asked me early is uh, Venetia Williams horse um hold that tort. uh and I think this is potentially still very well handicapped um not only on that run because that race was incredibly good on on the speed figures uh, for a novice chase but um on what he did subsequently the other day at Carl to a good um, a um, bunch of seasoned handicappers. First run for 247 days. He always went through the race like a very good horse, and I thought he won with a ton in hand. That's clearly been the objective, just to give him one run to so come back to Chepstow. It's a race that Venetia has, has done well in in the past. Her chasers, I think. Re, I think if you followed her chases uh, just by you know, um, blindly for a pound stake in the last perhaps month or so, you'd be well in profit. Um, and obviously he's going to be out of the handicap, but off, off a lightweight with native river bean in the race. I don't know who they're they going to look to use with regards to jockeys. Then, um, you know, he's he's obviously going to be um, a very dangerous float off, off, off the foot of the weight. So, and he likes to race prominently as well. I think that's another point worth making. Um, you have to have horses racing prominently at Chepstow, which is good. Uh, so yeah, he ticks every box I'm looking for. Um, hold that thought.
0: Hold that taut um eight to one best price as it stands ed
2: yeah i'm going
1: for a bit of a an old timer in here um obviously the race is uh run in memory of kim Jinjil and uh there'll be you know not a dry eye in the house if team tizard could bring this one home but uh, Elegant, i'm presuming native river will run and also i think part of the ploy might be to keep the weight down for elegant escape here off one five six i mean see joe tizard's quote saying this has always been the plan for him and um I think he can run a huge race this, you know, he tried to defy a mark of 160 <laughs> when, when sixth in this uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, it wasn't a bad run at all. All things considered on ground. That was a little bit quick. You know, there's, there's a deluge of rain due uh, in South Wales over Christmas day into boxing day. That will only enhance his chances. And if you take that sixth place run out of the equation, his form figures at Chepstow read first, second and first, including uh, when winning this back in 2018 off the mark of one five one. So, as I say, a marker one five six. It kind of leaves him in the ballpark or there and thereabouts. He's clearly gonna to have to run to his best or somewhere near his best. But I think he's a big old price here. Uh, personally, he's clearly been targeted at this. We know he loves the track. Rainer only help his chances. And yeah, I imagine from an each way perspective. Uh, uh, yeah I, I imagine native river native river it'd be in the interests of Team Tizar to run native river if they think you know this, if this has always been the plan for elegant escape it will, it will help him out in that sense to, to to stop him going up to top weight so yeah elegant escape for me each way uh, i wouldn't be shocked if he uh he was in the mix come uh, come the last fence
0: Elegant Escape 20 to 1, best price as it stands. And that brings our preview of the racing on this side of the Irish Sea over Christmas to a close. Thank you very much to Ed and to Andy. Uh, Andy and myself will be speaking to Rory DeLarge on all things the other side of the Irish Sea ahead of an, an amazing few days of racing over there. So do look out for that uh, both on our YouTube channel and on our podcast channel and any podcast provider as well uh, please do download the odds checker app for the best prices bookie offers free bets place terms and andy's tips amongst other tips to straight to the app every morning of racing Thank you very much to our sponsors, 888 Sports for sponsoring the show. Do check them out. And thank you to 888 Sport ambassador Barry Geraghty for sharing his thoughts with us too. He's doing the same as well for the Irish action as well. So do check that out. Have a fantastic Christmas. Merry Christmas from all of us at Odds Checker and look forward to speaking to you in the new year.